0: Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books.
1: Hi, welcome everyone. I have a Thanksgiving week surprise for you. This is not Lisa, this is Alyssa Day. I'm turning the tables on Lisa this week and I'm going to be interviewing the interviewer. Hi, Yeah, we're very excited. We're staying home, being careful, giving thanks that these new vaccines may be turning things around very soon. And as I said, I'm so happy to turn the tables on Lisa and interview the interviewer about her amazing books. Let me give you her background, and then we'll jump right in. Lisa Kessler is a best-selling author of Dark Paranormal Fiction. She's a two-time San Diego Book Award winner for Best Published Fantasy Sci-Fi Horror and Best Published Romance. Her books have also won the PRISM Award, the Award of Excellence, the National Excellence in Romantic Fiction Award, the Award of Merit from the Holt Medallion, and an International Digital Award for Best Paranormal. And I can say as an avid reader and good friend of Lisa that these are all (laughs) well-deserved. Her short stories have been published in print anthologies and magazines, and her vampire story, Immortal Beloved, was a finalist for a Bram Stoker Award. When she's not writing, Lisa is a professional vocalist and has performed with San Diego Opera, as well as other musical theater companies in San Diego. But in fact, she's just moved clear across the country to join me on my side of things (laughs) on the east coast of Florida. How are you enjoying Florida? Lisa, how are you settling in?
0: Well, it's very rainy here, which is like the opposite of San Diego. So I'm getting used to all the wet, but it's beautiful and there's so many animals here. I have not yet seen an alligator um, knocking on wood, Um, but lots of giant, you know, dinosaur birds. I'm like, what is this? But, But anyway, it's been great so far. Everybody's very nice here.
1: I'm so glad you're enjoying it Yeah, you hit us in uh, hurricane season So we have that (laughs) daily rainstorm And the slap you in the face humidity But uh, luckily we're (laughs) starting to get to the nice, cool, lovely winter weather
0: Yes, it has been less humidity now I walk the dog and I'm not dripping So that's nice
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure the dog appreciates it It's a shock for them too
0: Yeah, she's a black dog. She's a little Boston Terrier, so she's black. So when we first got here and it was so hot and humid, we would walk outside and she would give me this look of, why did you bring me here? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad it's cooling up (laughs) a (laughs) little.
1: Yeah, and Boston Terriers, I have a pug and they both have that, you know, breathing issue. So when it's hot, really, we have to do first thing in the morning at dawn and then Mm -hmm. last thing at night at dusk or it's just too hot for them.
0: Yeah, very good. Well, moving
1: on from our lovely Florida weather to the exciting news of the day, you have a new book out today. Congratulations and happy release to Sedona Surrender. I'm so excited to read this week because I love your Sedona Pack series Shifters, Psychics, and Secrets. What more could a reader want? Lisa, (laughs) tell us about Sedona Surrender.
0: So this book is chock full of secrets. Um, They were secrets from me because I'm a pantser and off I go. And this was one of those rare unicorn books that just like I was so addicted to writing it. I've never written a book as fast as this one. And it was just because I couldn't wait to find out (laughs) what's going to happen next. Um, But it's the story of Madison and Cole. And Cole is a veterinarian, a large animal vet. And I grew up on a horse ranch, and so whenever I get these werewolves that happen to do something on a ranch, it's always fun for me because I'm digging back into my memories of holding horses for the vet and all that. but uh, I did have to do a lot of research on artificial insemination of cows, so don't look at my research history on my computer <laughs> from this book. I'm like if I learn anything else about bull semen i'm
1: just I'm done. <laughs> You know, this is so weird, it must be why we're friends, because I had a book I had to do research on artificial insemination of cows as well, and of all the (laughs)
0: bizarre things (laughs) for both of us to have
1: done. But that is so funny. I didn't I know we had that. that in common. <laughs> and it's very it's very odd. Let's keep it between us and the however many thousand people are listening, okay Right, right. Yes. that can so, be our Lisa, piece. I'm gonna take you I'm gonna take you back a second. You said a couple of terms that of course I know about and our author friends listening will know, but readers might not be familiar with. First you said you were a pantser. Can you tell readers what that
0: means? Yes, that means that I have an idea of what's going to happen with the book, but I have absolutely no outline. So it's writing without a net, um, is what I usually call it. Uh, But usually I have an idea of what the ending is going to be, and I have an opening scene. So I don't know how I'm going to get to the ending. And this particular book had a big surprise surprise ending so I but I didn't quite understand how that was gonna how that was going to end up happening so um, it made it super fun to race to the computer thankfully these two wrote the book themselves Um, I I really felt like I was doing dictation they were just woo. Um, but yeah so it's not having an outline is often very scary but it motivates me to get back to the keyboard because to me, it's like a movie in my head, and I want to get it on the page. And so if I want to watch the next episode, I have to get back to the keyboard. Uh, so for me, it keeps me writing. I know my friends who are plotters are like, oh, because <laughs> they need to know what they're going to write. But for me, it's the opposite. I, if I know what I'm going to write, I often, it turns into a term paper, and I don't want to. So, so it's a balance. But yeah, so I jumped in, and, and off we went. Adventure. <laughs> That's, that sounds like so
1: much fun. And of course, the term pantser itself comes from flying by the seat of your pants, which for somebody right. like me, former lawyer, left brain, logical, half of the fun in my process is doing the plotting. Because, yeah. and especially, I always have twisty plots with lots of subplots and mysteries with, you know, half a dozen red herrings. And I just love, love, love the setting out the plot. So what I love about this journey of being an author is finding out all the different ways that different people go about coming to a great book.
0: Right, right. And I feel like my my outlining friends, I am always jealous because I'm like, oh, I wish I knew what I was going to write today. Um, so I'm <laughs> often very jealous of your process <laughs> on the days when I'm stuck. I'm like, dang it. <laughs>
1: So well, I think I learned early on that it's just best if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and that we should all That's stick with right. what works for us and not try to, you know, like if I I've tried to be a pantser before and it's just not fun for me, so our brains right. work how they work and we should just stick with it. I think is the lesson.
0: That's right. Honor your process. Another <laughs>
1: Exactly. Another term you use that readers might not know is unicorn book. And, of course, I've had a few of these, too. I call them a gift book. Do yes. you want to tell readers what you meant by that?
0: Yes. So usually, um, I mean, we before I was a writer, I used to romanticize how cool it must be to go sit in a corner like you know Hemingway with one light on and write this feverish book. But the reality of writing books I found is that often you get to the middle of the book and it's really hard and you have to, you know, make time and show up at the keyboard. There are times when I sit there and I'm like, you know, those socks are not going to pair themselves um, <laughs> because I would <laughs> rather do that. Uh, so, And most writers I know have that same experience. I mean, they, Usually writing is really hard work, and you have to make yourself get to the keyboard and finish that book, especially in the middle. And every once in a while, I call them unicorn books, but gift books is another good way to look at it. But every once in a while, you have a book that just its so easy, and the whole book is magic, and you're just writing it going, oh, my gosh, this is – and it doesn't happen very often, <laughs> And so I call it a unicorn book, but but I've had maybe three unicorn books out of 32 so far. So, you know, they don't happen very often. And then I feel like the letdown afterwards is awful because you start the next book and you're like, I know what I'm doing now. I'm really good at this. And you sit down and you're like, oh, why is it hard? So. Well, you know, exactly. I'm <laughs> I,
1: I think I've had maybe three or four out of forty-five books, so I know exactly what you mean. It's so much fun when it happens, but you know you've got yeah. to put the work in. Well, let's yes. talk about let's talk about Sedona Surrender. Why did you choose Sedona for the setting? I took the kids there for a week for a research trip because I set Vampire in Atlantis in Sedona, and we loved everything oh. about it. I even wanted to right? move there.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wanted to move there too. Oh, it's so beautiful. I. I put in the books, I, I have one reviewer who lives in France and she didn't realize Sedona was a real place. And then she went down the rabbit hole on YouTube and she was like, it's so beautiful. And, and really until you go there, it's just it's the the massive red rocks are just, you walk out there. Every day I walked outside, I'm like, Sedona, why are you so pretty? Um, <laughs> because it's just, you walk out and you go, Oh, it's, they're so massive I guess and naturally made that you look at it and you think wow you know all your problems are tiny minuscule this is just so huge and and the energy there is just so beautiful and I've always loved it and so when I was writing the moon series which is based up in Reno and Lake Tahoe which is also gorgeous and I love it but there was one prodigal son who left the pack and he went to Sedona because I like it there. And there was a evil wolf pack there and I sort of left them in disarray. He helped them kill their evil alpha. And then we went back to Reno. And so when that moon series ended, I felt like I wasn't done with werewolves yet. And I knew I had left that pack all messed up in Sedona. And I thought, "Ah, Now I have a reason for another book research trip to Sedona. Uh, So so the Sedona pack was born. (laughs) That's
1: that's wonderful. I love it. And, of course, we both write paranormal. So, you know, the the attraction of Sedona that so many magical confluences are supposed to gather there, the, um, you know, ley lines and magical points and we actually hired a Native American shaman to take us on a sightseeing trip when we were there and it's just it's just amazing for so many reasons, including the scenery. So it's it's exciting to uh, get to read another book about it. And yeah. every Lisa Kessler book has a hero who is so, so hot.
0: Tell us about <laughs> Cole Vega. <laughs> so Cole surprised me um, because I have known many veterinarians, so I wasn't like, you know, immediately swoony. It wasn't like he was a cage fighter or something, you know, motorcycle club guy he he was a veterinary <laughs> so so it was that was why the book was so shocking to me that it was a unicorn book because I I knew Cole from the other books in the series but I wasn't like super actor, and I was so in love with him immediately that it was just I couldn't get away from the keyboard he is rough and tumble but but still very confident and very – and he's so good with animals, and so I'm a sucker for that too. But he had so much – honest swagger that it was well earned, that it was hard not to love him. And she Madison is a city girl from San Francisco who has a marketing degree who found found herself hired as a marketing manager of a cattle ranch. So she knows nothing about cows. And <laughs> um and <laughs> And also loves karaoke. And in my wolf world, they don't find their mate until they touch skin to skin. So it gives me a lot of time in the books usually to play with that there might be an attraction. But of course, she's not my mate and, and all this And until they finally touch skin to skin. And so she was luring him to sing karaoke, which is not his style at all. (laughs) I think in the book he describes himself as he's not tone deaf, but you know, he's, he's no pop star, um, So anyway, she lures him to to sing karaoke, even though there wasn't quite enough beer in the bar for that. But the second she grabbed his hand to pull him up there, he realized who she was. And she is also the baby sister of one of the bitten jaguars in the pack. So she is completely off limits because she doesn't know her brother's been bitten. She doesn't know shifters exist. And here he is on his way up to sing karaoke and realizes she is his one true mate for life. Oh, no, What's gonna, what am I going to do? And I was so hooked. I couldn't stop writing the book. It was, it was just such a fun adventure. And most of it was because Cole was, he was just really um, a great hero, which, should, again, surprised me because he, he doesn't have a buff job or anything, but he really was um, fantastic. And I hope that readers will fall in love with him, especially that karaoke scene was just made the book for me.
1: Well, I can't see how they couldn't fall in love with him, and you can't tell me that a large animal vet is not a buff guy wrangling horses and cows around and things like that. We watched one of those well, veterinarian true. shows where they were helping a cow give birth, and the guy had to stick his arm clear in up to the right. shoulder, and I was like, as I changed the channel, <laughs> I thought, All right. you know, that's a heck of a job. <laughs> that must be really, really rewarding, Right.
0: Right, yes, yeah, I can remember our vet, um, when I was a kid, he would come out, um, you know, when the horses were sick, or to float their teeth, or whatever, but he always used to joke that, you know, doctors are sissies, because their rubber gloves only go up to their wrist, and (laughs) his (laughs) went all the way up to his armpit, I was like, oh.
1: Remember those books I think we all read The kid, The All Creatures Great and Small, The English Vet? Mm-hmm. I loved everything about him, so I'm really excited to read, to read this one. Um, tell us about, oh, and this is exciting. I don't know if anybody in the audience knows this, but Lisa is also a well-known tarot reader, and I was lucky <laughs> enough to have a session with her, which I found fascinating because I had known <laughs> nothing about tarot. How did you get into that, Lisa?
0: Uh well, when before actually before I started writing, I was re- I've always been interested in paranormal things and and haunted houses and ghosts and all that. So, of course, I wanted to learn about tarot cards and it was immediately completely overwhelming. I, I I mean, 78 cards that all mean something different and pictures and it was just too much and so I put it away. And then when I started writing for like for real writing, I took a class on tarot for writing, and that seemed to click with me a little bit more. And then I started deck collecting, and I found a tarot deck that really spoke to me. And I was like, hey, suddenly, I, this makes sense. And it all started to click. And now I can read with pretty much any deck because it's been 10 years I, I'm pretty familiar with all of them but if you are out there going gosh i love tarot but it's too hard um keep searching for the right deck because a lot of it has to do with the pictures and i had like the traditional writer weight deck where it's all angry men looking at you in these pictures <laughs> so it didn't connect with me at all <laughs> but yeah i when found, found that deck... had
1: like beautiful fairy women and i really love that
0: yes there you go. Yeah, I found a deck that had more, um, you know, mystical lectures and more women, and it, it just connected with me better. And then it really starts to make sense. And, and it's a really handy tool um, for writing for Direction if you're at a crossroads in your life, or you know, I do a weekly tarot reading on YouTube every week just for what should we focus on this week? Um, and hopefully, it gives people a little you know insight into what's maybe coming this week, and maybe just a little inspiration of here's a new area of your life. Maybe work on that this week because people are we're also complex. And sometimes, especially I find since we've all been locked in for so long, it's easy to get in a rut and not notice that, you know, maybe – you need a little quiet time. Um, This week we got the timeout card, take some time out and get some solitude. And, and yesterday my whole computer locked up and I was like, what? I thought I was going to get so much writing done. And instead I went for a walk and I did, you know, so sometimes you need stuff like that. And I find that tarot cards and Oracle cards, You know, if with the right intention, if your intention is just, what should I focus on today? And you pull a card out, it will give you, you know, just a different view of what you could do that day. And for writers, it's always helpful. I will sit down to write a new book and I always pull three cards for the hero and three cards for the heroine so that I know their past, where they are when the book starts and where they'll be at the end of the book. And that, because, because I don't have an outline, that really helps me know what their character growth is going to be and maybe what their wounds are and all that as I, as I write. So I definitely use them for writing too. But, um, but anyway, hit me up if you're interested in tarot, because I love it very much and I'm happy to, about it (laughs) for people that's
1: that's really fascinating and i think it's always great when you're writing to get another perspective and if turning a tarot card can help you think about something in a different way that's always going to be good for you and for your writing why don't you drop a link to your youtube in the show notes lisa so everybody can check you out
0: sure sure i will make myself a note so i'll do that
1: well while we're talking about books (laughs)
0: what's coming up next for you so right now i am in finishing pirate's promise and that one is um for entangled for my sentinels of savannah series and that one takes place in savannah georgia most haunted city it's so fantastic so i go from the southwest mystical to the haunted (laughs) east coast but anyway (laughs) the savannah series is super fun immortal pirates and um, this will be book five of that series. So I'm supposed to turn it in at the end of the month. So I'm very close. It's it's exciting book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I, I tell you what, I think we really must be sisters because my Vampire Motorcycle Club books are set in Savannah as well. And at one point I actually have somebody mention Pirate Ghosts. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it! I love it. Well, I love the um, the Vampire Motorcycle Club, but I when I was in Savannah researching, and my grandmother grew up there. She was born in Darien, which is right out Savannah was the big city back then, and and uh, so her family is still there. So it was super fun to go visit her sisters and get stories and things. But when I was walking around there at night along River Street on the cobblestones. Vampires totally belong in Savannah. So you did the right thing.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And going to visit the cemeteries there, it's wonderful.
0: Yes. I, yes. I think so we both beautiful. can highly
1: recommend, once we can travel again safely, a uh, yes. trip to Savannah for all of our readers.
0: For sure. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Well, now
1: that we're stuck uh, home, uh, for the foreseeable future, hopefully not too much longer. What are you reading and binge-watching right now?
0: Oh, I have been, um, what have I been binge-watching? I just finished, um, uh, oh, I just finished Cobra Kai. Oh, fantastic series. I don't know why really? I've so long. Yeah. And my daughter had told me, you will love this. You have to watch it. But I kept putting it off. Anyway, I finally watched Cobra Kai. And that was so fantastic. Everyone needs to watch it. And it comes back, the next season comes back in January. So I can't wait. Um it was fantastic. And my daughter wasn't even born when the Karate Kid movies came out and she loved so everyone can watch. You don't have to be a child of the eighties. Um, but yeah, what flawed, amazing characters and the writing on it was fantastic. It was just it was really good. Um, so highly recommend. Um, and I just finished Outlander. Um, I was I have not read the Outlander books. But the show is is great and I love it. But wow, that was a harsh episode to end on. I just thought, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> so if you haven't watched it yet, I don't want to spoil anything. But wow, that was a hard episode to end on. So
1: um, I've only watched so the first I, season so far. I have read all the books, so I know that they go through so much in those books. She, oh. Diana, is not afraid to torture her characters.
0: So much torture, yes, and it left on torture. I was just like, oh, oh." so I hope another season is coming. I assume it is, but right now I'm um, about to, after I finish this book, then I'm about to watch The Crown because I haven't watched the new season, but last season was so fantastic, and this season is Diana, so so I'm excited about The Crown, and I finished The Good Place, which was great, and uh, oh, and Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, fantastic. If you are in love with Timothy Oliphant, you will love Who isn't? Santa Clarita Diet. Right? Have you Justified. watched it yet, Drew Barrymore? I right. haven't. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I've been oh, binge-watching
1: you... um, The Great British Baking Show
0: all the yes, seasons. That, <laughs> that's and that's, looking forward that's to... totally different.
1: <laughs> yeah, looking to my for to my friend Julie uh Julia Quinn's Bridgerton series that's coming out on Netflix on Christmas Day. So excited for her,
0: yes, so excited for fantastic. romance to get
1: a romance series and made into a TV
0: show. Right, and I need to watch the um that Timeless Christmas that's um Zoe Archer's it's her pen name um Oh, I can't remember the pen name for it, Alicia something, but it just came out as a Hallmark movie, and I'm like, oh my gosh, so I can't wait to watch that too. I'm so excited that they're finally making rom-coms and romantic series from romance authors, finally.
1: I know and paranormal needs to be next. I said something on Twitter that yeah. Hallmark movies would be a lot more fun if a vampire or a werewolf would show up during the annual small town Christmas tree lighting ceremony and all of my readers were like, "Yes, yes. I would watch that. Hallmark,
0: hire her." <laughs> yes, yes, I was in those cheers. You would write a fantastic Hallmark Christmas special. <laughs> and so would you. We'll
1: have to we'll have to team up and do one.
0: There we go. Yeah, I'd be happy to co-write with you.
1: <laughs> well, here's a tough question and one that I know I get asked a lot right now. How are you staying inspired to write Happy Ever After during a pandemic?
0: That has been a struggle um, because when the world's on fire, it's really hard to turn it all off and, and go, oh, love will conquer all because you're constantly bombarded by anti-love messages in the real world, um, and and the fear itself cranks up my anxiety. Um, so it, it does make it very difficult. Right now I am getting by through writing Zooms um, with different writing groups. I have two different groups that I write with, and for some reason just the accountability of knowing everyone's writing right now, and we leave the Zoom on, um, you know, just so that you know, it's writing time now. It's not Twitter doom-scrolling time, um, <laughs> so, and that has made it possible for me to, like, you know, cool down the anxiety and just focus, and once I get writing, it's such a nice escape from the real world to go somewhere where somebody's, you know, willing to die to keep you safe and, and to do the right thing, and, and uh, so anyway. Once I get going, that seems to to be good, but without the Zooms, um, it's very hard for me to write on my own right now because it's so easy to get distracted with sad things, and so it has been especially hard. I, I know some of my friends have turned to write in different genres right now because it is really hard to write A Happily Ever After. Um, In the beginning of the pandemic, I had this internal editor in my head going, no one cares. This doesn't matter. Everything's on fire. And and it was actually readers who came to my rescue who were like, we need the happy ever after stories more than we ever have. And then I felt like, you know, that's right. What we do is important. So that has really helped to readers, you know. And that is, such, that is
1: such an excellent, excellent point. I've heard from several readers because, of course, my, my mysteries especially have a lot of humor in them. And I've just heard from so many readers saying, please, you know, don't stop because it's so nice to be able to laugh at something when right. 2020 has been a dumpster fire. And it's true, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's true. It's this bit of respite this bit of escape this bit of knowing that the good guys will win and happily ever after will prevail and that's just important what we do is important you mentioned something about um you know the attraction of a world where good guys will do anything to keep you safe and and good women will do anything to keep you safe Mm -hmm. um what do you think the attraction is for shifters and and paranormal creatures in romance
0: uh for me because i'm a paranormal romance reader too is that i i like the stakes to be so high that that it it does come down to you know what what will you do for For love, um, you know, more than an email or (laughs) switching jobs or whatever. I like the stakes to be higher, and in paranormal, that often it often comes down to that. Um, And I, in the book I'm writing right now, Pirates Promise, one of the side characters had this line that has been haunting me because she she told the heroine of the book, you know, love doesn't make things easy; it makes things worthwhile. And that has haunted me through the whole book, that advice, because it really does come down to that's what makes it worth living and and it it doesn't make things easy and it doesn't solve all your problems but it makes fighting through it worthwhile and I think in paranormal romance especially that always gets brought out because the stakes are so high the world could end the you know the person could die the wolf pack could be exposed all these kind of things so it's giant giant stakes and love is at the heart of all the decisions and for me that's what makes it worth reading
1: and that's exactly it and everybody wants that sense of connection that feeling that someone else is there for you and is your person is helps you carry the load helps share their strength with you no matter what happens and that's that's Mm -hmm. a big part of your books and something i love so much
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's all about, you know, that you're someone's favorite person and somebody that they would give up everything to, you know, make sure that you're okay. And, and I think we all need that, especially right now.
1: <laughs> especially right now. Well, everybody please right? buy Sedona Surrender because this is an amazing book and Lisa is an amazing author.
0: Thank you so much. And we are, like, out of time, but this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming and being a guest host. This was a blast.
1: Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Stay safe.
0: Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.